0: Merry Christmas, everyone. You guys all good? How was Christmas at home this morning? Young kids is normally quite exciting. Did anyone get sleep? <laughs> no. no. Tools, that excited, bro, for your shirts or what? <laughs> but uh, maybe before we get into our Christmas service, Guy Mills, you last Sunday with us. Why don't you stand, bro? I get the mic. I know you would hate me doing this, but I uh, just want to pray for you, Guy. He's going down to Cape Town. Um, just want to honor you, Guy, actually, for your service. Thought you have served beautifully in youth here on Sundays with, uh, with drumming. And uh, you're a man who actually has influence. <laughs> My boy basically thinks you Jesus when you drum. You <laughs> like his hero. But... Uh but it's an amazing thing. You actually do have incredible um, influence, Mozi. And I know for your parents, I know for any parents, your desire is to see your child actually go further than, than you have. And, uh, and that's my prayer for you, actually, is that you'll go beyond even what your parents have. I know you've been to the States. You've been back. We've been able to do roots together. And I uh, just want to bless you and send you out. I don't think it's just a, a small thing that you, you're going down to Cape Town. But I actually want to ask him, where's some of his mates? Come over, some of his tight mates. Let's pray for Guy. We want to send him out well. Um, This is an ascending house. This is part of what we do here. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for this man. Thank you for his service, Lord. Thank you for his family. Thank you for the story that you've already been writing, Lord. And we ask that you'd continue to write it, Lord. Continue to let him be a man of influence. I thank you for the leadership on his life, Lord think of that scripture that says, follow me as I follow Christ, and I pray that this um, um, uh, going down to Cape Town would be the most fruitful part of his life, Lord, as he he passionately pursues you as he goes down to Cape Town, and would he be a man who influences many to come towards you in his non-conformist way, Lord, I pray actually that you would let him stand out, would he be a man who's different and separate and sets apart for your kingdom and for um, your ways, and I pray that you would put holiness upon him, Lord, would you bless this man, Lord, we ask for your gifting upon him, we ask for your influence upon him, Lord. We pray that you would bring him into greater spheres of influence, Lord, in whatever unique way that you have, Lord. But we pray for him and ask that you would bless the church that he goes to. Would he just be an an incredible blessing there, Lord? Would he he serve as a son? I thank you for the son that he's been in this house. And we ask that you would continue to let him be a son and even raise him up to be a father in the new house that he goes to, Lord. So we pray for him, Lord. Would you put your hand on him? Would you you bless the work of his hands? Everything that he does, Lord, will bring glory to you. We pray in your precious name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 So a little bit of a family moment, and uh, it's good. Part of our, our house is a sending house, and, um, and if you hear, it's possible that you'll be sent out as well, and actually be a gift that's given to the nations and beyond. Amen. So I'm going to be speaking about peace this morning. Um, The Prince of Peace, and I'd love to obviously speak about Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. And I think all of us want peace in some way, shape, or form. And uh, in our house this morning, maybe a little window in, we had a lovely peaceful start to the morning where um, Sam was uh, eating a rusk, and Anna had her rusk, and Sam was munching this thing, and he eats all the way around the outside. And then he says this beautiful thing to Mom, and he says, Mom, you want a rusk? So, so mom says, yes. So he runs off and he comes and he says, daddy, come, let's get mommy a rusk. So we go and we get a rusk and he grabs this rusk and I say, okay, now go give this to mommy and you can check him puzzling now. So he walks all the way to mom and then he checks this thing and he just takes a bite. And then he says, mm, this is a nice one. So then he looks at his gnawed one, which is like half soggy and everything and he gives this one to mom and says, mommy, you have this one. And mommy's like, no, I don't want this one. So then poor little Anna is sitting there all innocent next to uh, Sam, and he goes, Now you can check. You can see a two year old mind working. So he grips Anna's ones out of her hand, gives it to Mom, and then gives Anna the soggy one. And Anna just looks at him and just goes, <laughs> And peace was gone. So what did we do? We gave Sam <laughs> Mommy's rusk. Dad got Sam's soggy rusk. Anna got her rusk back, and peace was restored. The rusk wasn't nice, but sometimes it costs us something to have peace restored, doesn't it? And uh, and we'll see that even today as we read about Jesus and um, he's called the Prince of Peace, the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. And uh, I want to start off with a story that uh, starts off in 1962. And there's a, a couple by the name of Don and Carol Richardson. Some of you may know and have heard of them. They wrote a few uh, famous books back in the day. One of them was Lords of the Earth. And another famous one was called Peace Child. Anyone know it? No? Yes, Dan. You did it as a play, didn't you? I thought everybody was going to stick their hand up. Well, that's great. This is going to be great then. So, so this couple, they wanted to go and um, reach this, this tribe called the Saui people in Papua New Guinea, and, uh, and they wanted to go and, and reach them with the gospel. They was, this was a tribe that was a, a head-hunting, cannibalistic tribe. So you'd imagine there's not a warm welcome when you come into a tribe like this. But, um, but they had it in their hearts to go and preach the gospel to these people. So they arrive there with their family, and they, and they begin in this, this story where they, they go, and they try and engage with this, this tribe, the Saui people. And they go in, and this tribe was quite known for... Um, Eating people, you know, for cannibals, that's what they do, they would headhunt, and they would tell the story of, of Jesus, and, and they would begin the story where there was this, this son of God sent down, and he became this, um, this perfect lamb, this sacrifice, and they would start preaching the gospel to them, and then they would get to this part about Judas, and they would say how Judas betrayed them, and then the, this tribe would just start going crazy, they would start getting excited, they would be like, yay, Judas, Judas, and the, these guys were like, the heck's going on? Why are they getting so excited about Judas betraying Jesus? And then he found out that, uh, that these tribes, what they would do is they would try and befriend a, a neighboring tribe. And they would try and, um, in a sense, fatten them up, try and warm themselves towards them. And as soon as they had made um, this, this, this sort of trust, they built this trust between each other, what they would do is they'd turn on them and they'd sort them out. That's what they would do. And they would, they, would, they would land up betraying this tribe that they had built trust with. And that's why when they heard about Ju- Judas, they thought he was the hero of the story. And they thought, uh-oh, now what are we gonna do? How are we gonna tell them about Jesus when they keep thinking that Judas is the hero? So then they stay with this tribe and they get to begin to know them a little bit more. And then they find out this beautiful truth that uh, what happens is the only way that there can be peace between these two tribes is that what they would do is one tribe would offer one of their children, the, the, the chief and their the wife would offer their child to this other tribe. And this tribe would then keep this child. They would bring them up. They would nurture them. They would, they would raise them as their own. And as long as this child was alive in this tribe, there would be peace between these two tribes. And that child was known as the peace child. The peace child. And then they saw the key into the gospel because they saw that uh, actually Jesus is the ultimate peace child. He's this the son that is given to us. He's this the son that's that's born into our world. He's given to us and he lives forever. And that was the key into the gospel. Actually, quite amazing. And that's how the Sawi people, they actually end up being completely transformed. And the, you can actually go and visit them now with this, this Christian tribe that uh, that was able to come to a knowledge of Jesus through actually Jesus revealing. And I actually think it's quite amazing how in each tribe there's this there's this Um, internal knowledge of the Son of God, even before we get there, all we have to do is try and find the key. So, Isaiah 9 verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He's this peace child given to us that would create peace between two warring tribes. Isn't that beautiful? I thought that was beautiful. I love that story. Peace Child. I think there's a, there's a movie about it. I've got the book in my bag if anybody wants to read it. I've only got one copy, unfortunately. So Peace, it's this thing that everybody wants, but it almost seems quite elusive, doesn't it? You don't know quite now how to get it, and, uh, and uh, everybody wants it. And in this Forbes article, there's this, uh, there's this lady who looks at, there's a whole interview with a number of people, I can't remember how many people, but uh, but one of the things that people most desire is peace. We long for peace, desperately. Peace from noise, chatter, pressure, responsibilities. We also want peace from the painful thumping in our, inside our own heads, the conflicts, the strain. We inflict on ourselves every minute to be better, to be stronger, to be smarter, prettier, thinner, better parents, dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blank peace. Everybody wants peace, but nobody quite knows how to get it. It can probably be defined as tranquil or tranquility, harmony, or security. I think all of us would desire peace in our lives. And, uh, and I want to speak about four different types of peace that we can look at. And uh, the, the, in the Old Testament, we have this word, shalom. And that's what the word for peace is. Can you say shalom? Shalom. That's the word that I would love you to leave with today is shalom. It's this beautiful, um, deep word that the, the Israelites would often use to greet one another. Often they would say shalom, shalom, which is perfect peace. It would be this idea of everything is the way that it's supposed to be. That's what shalom would be. It's, it's right. There's a sense of, of wholeness. There's a sense of um, um, wellness in every, every sphere of life, from a physical um, aspect, from a financial aspect, from a prosperity. There's a real sense of just wholeness in all of who we are and all of who we do. A wholeness in our body, mind, spirit, wholeness between us and God, wholeness within ourselves, wholeness between each other. Isn't that beautiful? Man, I love that. It's such a, such a deeper word than just peace, you know. Peace, bro. You know, like we used to say that quite a bit, or peace would be a greeting, like that means nothing. But, but actually, for God, peace is an incredibly important thing. He wants us to find a sense of wholeness in who we are and with Himself. The Lexham Bible Dictionary says uh, it carries a, a fundamental meaning of welfare, prosperity, or wholeness. It's the absence of hostility. It's the antithesis of harm. And as a synonym for what is good, it's complete, it's sound, It's well being. When one is in harmony, when one seeks the good of a city or a country, there can be shalom even in a country. May mean prosperity or physical safety. It may even mean spiritual well being. Amen. Lord, wouldn't you put our shalom on our heads and on our families and on our nation? But there are there's a a sense of false peace as well. You do get such a thing as false peace. And we see in Ezekiel thirteen, verse ten, I don't know if I want to read the whole passage because it's pretty intense. And uh, Christmas is a season of joy. But if you want to go and read it, in Ezekiel 13, from verse 10 to 16, you see God busy speaking to His people about false peace. And there's a real sense of false peace in the world. I read so many different articles trying to figure out how do people get peace. And you get everything from meditation through to you just need to create it within yourself. You need to cultivate a sense of peace peace is inside. Um, I remember that, uh, that one lady, who was that uh, comedian who came here? And she went looking for peace everywhere. She went to the, the mountains in Nepal and, uh, and, and she gets to this Buddhist monk who, who, who says, apparently there's this train that goes up to the top of this mountain and on the top of this mountain is where you'll find peace. And when she gets here, the train is closed. And she goes, oh no, she's traveled all this way. And he looks at her and he goes, ah, peace not there. Peace in here. (laughs) And she's just like, I've traveled all this way for that. But there's no peace in here. The world will love to offer us various different ways of what um, can give us peace. Think of a sense of security. I think often we want that. We want um, physical security. I think that's a real thing in South Africa. There's a real sense of fear where you live. Everybody wants to move into a a safe space because then perhaps I'll have some peace. Or perhaps you'll have financial um, security and then you will have peace because you're able to buy what you would like or do what you would like to or be more effective. Or perhaps you would like to find peace by by your your career, actually fulfilling your your, your career purpose. And, And some of these have an element of peace, but they don't ultimately give us true peace. Our job, our house, our car. Advertising is constantly trying to, to, to persuade us that if you get this item, you will find peace. This will be the thing that will give you peace. Just a little more of this or a little more of that. I mean, often what I love to do is ask people, what's your ideal world? If you just think to yourself, what's your ideal world? What's your perfect world in your, in your mind? When you think about this is what I desire, because subconsciously, you're probably living for that thing subconsciously you're probably d- driven by, by that ideal world of what it could be. And often it's, a, it's, a, it's an idea of peace that the world portrays to us, but it lands up empty, lands up not fully satisfying. It lands up not giving us what we truly want. A false sense of peace. But then there's a true sense of peace. And I want to just look at three different ways that we can find peace. One, and ultimately the most important one, is peace with God. True, true shalom means peace with God. And right in the beginning we see there's this fracture of relationship between Adam and Eve and, and God, where there was this perfect sense of peace, perfect tranquility, perfect sense of wholeness and life and joy, abundance. I often love to just think about what it must have been like in the garden. But then we see Adam and Eve choosing to rebel against God, and there's this war that begins between man and God. There's this, this enmity that's brought by us following our temptations and listening to Satan, and, and sin disrupts this perfect shalom. But fundamentally, shalom is, is, is through reconciliation with God. That's the only way that we can find shalom. Ultimately, only God can give us true peace and he can also remove it. Psalm 50, 85, verse 8 says, I will listen to what God, the Lord, says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. And, and, and God can give us true and perfect peace. He's the only source that can give us the, the true peace that our, our souls truly desire by, by reconciling us to himself. One of the offerings. Under the Mosaic Covenant is the, I don't know how to say this, the shelamim offering. Shelemim. Can you say shelamim? You can name your child that, shelamim. But, uh, but this is the peace offering or the fellowship offering. It's, a, it's a, an offering that, that, that allows us to, to, to come into a sense of fellowship with God again, a sense of peace with God again. And what I love about this offering and why I mention it is because it's the only, it's the only sacrifice where the person who's offering the sacrifice is able to eat with God. Quite beautiful. When there's peace between God and man, it it causes reason for us to have a a meal together with our Father because a a relationship has been restored. Isn't that beautiful? I just thought about us even as we go to our Sunday lunches today. Each of us are going to be having a meal. I'm sure most of us will, will be celebrating with our families. But as you come together with your families, I love that you can celebrate the peace that's been restored between you and God In the same way that we have this peace offering in the the Levitical covenant that, that allows us to share a meal with God. I think of it how he prepares a table before his people in the presence of our enemies, how God is offering us a meal to share with them because peace has been brought again between us and him. And I'll speak more about that as we get in. The proper response is celebration and a joyful meal in God's presence. We need peace with God, first one. Second one, we need peace within. We live in a stressful and a restless world. Wouldn't you agree? Everybody running helter-skelter. I think everybody thought the technological age was going to make us um, a lot more peaceful because we would have more time to do the things that we want to do. But that really hasn't happened, has it? I mean, my phone is probably my biggest irritant because actually it, it causes me to be restless. I feel like this urge to check it all the time. You know, we're, in a, we're in a constantly restless world because there's no peace within us. Mental issues. Emotional struggles, social difficulties, trying to find meaning, trying to find purpose. We need peace within. Charlotte Webster, a therapist, she she lists nine things that people need most. And I quite enjoyed this article. She's writing from a secular point of view, so she's not necessarily writing from a, a Christian point of view, but these nine things. Number one, to be loved. All of us want to be loved. Number two, to be understood. All of us want to be understood. Number three, to have power. We want a sense of control or dominion. Number four, to have and to give attention. Number five, to have freedom. I think we all can agree with all of these. Number six, to be able to create. Number seven, to belong to something. All of us have an internal desire to belong. Number eight, to win. All the board game players are like, amen, preach it. Number nine, to connect. We want to be able to connect with each other. I thought that was quite, quite a good um, view into the true human soul. I think all of us desire those things. Wouldn't you agree? I want to read those things again and I now want to read it with a scripture that shows how Jesus fulfills each of those desires. Number one, to be loved. Jeremiah 31 verse three, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. You could use a whole number of scriptures. You can go fill them out for yourself. Number two, to be understood. Psalm 139, verse 1 to 6. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to understand. I mean, sorry, to attain. He understands you. Number three, to have power. Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Power in Christ. I mean, there's so many that you could fill in there. To have and to give attention, Psalm thirty-four verse fifteen: The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. God is attentive to you. To have freedom, John eight thirty-six: So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It is for freedom that Christ has come. Number seven: To create, be fruitful. <laughs> you know, you can take it how you want. But uh, Genesis one 8, God blessed them and He said to them, be fruitful. We have the ability to procreate. But not just procreation, to have creativity. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves in the ground. Be creative. Use this creation for, actually, for the good of man. Beautiful. To create. Number seven, to belong. Psalm 68, verse 5-6. to 6. He's a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. Um, God sets the lonely into families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. Beautiful how God is a father to the fatherless. He brings the orphan into families. You belong in the family. Number eight, to win. But thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I was even just thinking that other scripture says, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Number nine, to connect. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father over all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Amazing how Jesus satisfies every part of the desire of the human soul by giving us everything that we need. Everything that you need can be found in Christ. Those who trust in Christ Have inner security, true peace. They can sleep well. I love that. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Man, if only South Africans took that to heart. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety believe that and you wouldn't be stressed about, about our, all of our walls that we build up and the reality of crime, which is real. I'm not saying that it's not real, but there's a, there's a true promise that you can hold to in Christ. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Profound psychological and emotional peace in Christ. Amen. Peace between man and... Uh, We see at the moment there's a lot of unrest in the world. You see Russia and Ukraine. We see Israel and Palestine. We see there's an unrest between nations. There's an unrest in families. There's an unrest in marriages. There's an unrest in in individuals fighting one another. And uh, and war will ultimately continue. Why? Because one person will rise up and, and slay another, and then that person will want revenge and then slay another. And there will only be peace unless there is a true Prince of Peace. And I love Tim Keller, he offers this uh, thought that he he says, it's one thing which I love. Let me just drink some water. Um, He says, war will always continue unless there is a Prince of Peace, where one day there will be a true reckoning where all things will be accounted for. Because, because of this fact that every person will want revenge on the other person. And we see this all the time. The only way that they'll be able to be peace, if there's some way that people are offered forgiveness. And it makes sense. The only way that people will find peace is the, it's if one party is able to offer forgiveness. And Jesus offers us forgiveness. And it doesn't mean that there won't be a true judgment. That there won't be righteousness that is finally um, completed one day. And he speaks about there being this judgment day. And there will be Judgment. There will be a sense of all the wrong being made right. And it's not that God is not unjust and won't deal with the unrighteous acts of each person, but he will. And God says in Romans 12:19 to 20, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. How's that? For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And ultimately, Jesus will bring true peace, by revenging what he needs to revenge with every unjust action that is taken upon by each human individual, unless it is dealt with on the cross. On the cross, we can find true peace. In Christ, we find true peace. And the wrath of God is either dealt with in Christ or it will be dealt with by God. And when we know that, we don't need to take revenge. We don't need to get our own way. We can truly offer real forgiveness between people. Isn't that beautiful? I thought that's beautiful. I find that empowering because I don't need to act. God, by his mercy, may bring that person to Christ, in which case his sin will be dealt with, or he will deal with it on judgment day. And that gives me true peace. I don't need to try and react. And we, we, um, we see that um, even in Psalm 23, I love how it speaks about, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And this one um, shepherd speaks about how the only way you can make a sheep lie down is either you wrestle it to the ground and you hold it in like a chokehold submission, which I don't think is what God is talking about there, maybe. But, um, but the other way that you do it is by being the complete prince of peace. And he does this by giving us true um, freedom from fear. He fills our famine, the four Fs. Um, he, he releases us from flies or a sense of pests. But the one that I wanna speak about is he, he stops us from having friction with one another. You can't have true peace when you're in friction with one another. And uh, Abby and I were talking about this the other day. We were having a friction moment, which uh, I know you guys don't have, but uh, we, we have. Amen, Dave? But uh, we were having a friction moment. And that morning in my devotions, uh, I read about a house cannot stand when it is divided because it'll fall. And, uh, and we were having a friction moment, and I actually thought, actually, the only way that our house can stand is if Arabs and I are united. And, and we can be united in Christ. And God offers us, as the Prince of Peace, through His Son, true peace between one another. He offers us freedom from friction between each other through forgiveness. The power of forgiveness is unbelievable. For you, firstly, as an individual, you can freedom to, to be able to be forgiven with your Father, which will enable you to be able to forgive your wife. And it may be that even this Christmas season, as you come to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, that you may need to forgive one another. I was thinking about marriages. You may need to forgive those family feuds that have been going on for years, which um, I know sometimes at Christmas time can flare up again or may need to be dealt with again. And I just want to offer you again the Prince of Peace who's able to heal even the deepest hurts among people because he is the King of forgiveness and he offers it to us. Amen. So how is Jesus the true Prince of Peace? When the angels and the shepherds about um, the birth of Christ, they call him the one who will at last bring peace on earth. Glory to God in the highest. In Luke 2 verse 14. And on earth... Peace to those on whom his favor rests. He's called the Lord of peace. Now may the Lord of peace, and two Thessalonians himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Isaiah 9 verse 6, which I started off with being this beautiful peace child, which is given to us, says, for unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Peace is the basic characteristic of our salvation. It's the fundamental um, basis of the kingdom of God, that we as a people have peace. Firstly, peace with God. Secondly, peace within ourselves. Thirdly, peace among each other. And Jesus does this in every single way. In Romans 5, it says, Therefore... Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The only way you can have peace with God is through Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Peace within, and Jesus' beautiful promise in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives, Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It's possible to have peace within. It's possible to have peace within. You may be feeling restless this morning. You may be carrying much from this year. You may be feeling a sense of anxiety or unrest. And this morning, it's possible for you to find peace in Christ. It's possible to have peace that is not dependent on every circumstance that's going on around you. I love how it says, I've learned the secrets of of being content in every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. Jesus wants to give us his peace today. And I love how so often peace and joy are so closely related. You can see that uh, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. As you trust in him, the overflow of peace in your life should be joy. And if you're feeling like you're lacking joy, perhaps it's because you need the peace of Christ to reign in your hearts yet again. And thirdly, he brings us peace with other people. Finally, he brings us peace with our brothers and sisters. In Colossians 3, verse 13, 15, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Christ is our peace. By his death on the cross, he removes the racial tension, the cultural barriers that divide us. He allows us to be truly united to one another. And don't let that escape from you this Christmas as you enjoy one another. Turn from evil and do good seek peace, and pursue it. Amen. Amen. Peace with God, peace within, peace with one another. That's our message to you this morning. Can we stand? I'd love to just pray for us. And uh, maybe that, uh, I'm I'm not going to call you to the front or anything, but I just want to offer you a moment, even just to Receive peace this morning from Jesus, perhaps even just to remember the truth that you have. You can come up with tools in the band. Um, just to remember actually the wonder of the Prince of Peace. And it may be that you find yourself at unease with God. There's a moment this morning just to remember actually that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. You can come to Him. You can find rest for yourself. You may be feeling uneasy within yourself. You can find true peace within yourself. Perhaps it's in your mind or in your heart or wherever it may be. Or maybe that there's peace or, uh, sorry, unrest between each other. I'd love for you to even just take a moment and ask God to bring peace in your family or peace in your marriage or peace with your children. And can we do that? Let's close our eyes. And if you, if you just want to respond to God for any one of those, you need peace in your heart, peace with God or peace with your family, just raise your hands. And I, I know for myself, I want that this morning. And just, we just want to ask you, Lord, this morning, would you, Father, the Prince of Peace, would you come and reign in our hearts? Would you come and reign in our minds, Lord? Perhaps where we've forgotten you. Perhaps those who are feeling far from you this morning, would you, Jesus, meet with them? Would you come and offer yourself? Would you come and reign in your hearts? Would you, would you come and bring what only you can, Lord, true shalom, true wholeness between God and man? true wholeness within our our beings. Lord, I pray for those who are are uneasy this morning or or anxious or who are battling with a sense of even anxiety, perhaps even about Christmas lunch as families gather. Would you, Lord, bring your peace? Ask you that you would reign, Father, as the true Prince of Peace this morning. I pray for marriages, Lord, perhaps where there's been um, friction, perhaps where there's been difficulties. Pray for a sense of healing. Lord, we ask you for your healing over families. Ask you for your healing over individuals. Ask for your healing over um, even nations, Lord. We think of just the nations that are at war this morning, Lord. Would you, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, reign in our globe, we pray, Father. Thank you that we can look to you. Thank you that there can be true forgiveness this morning, Lord. And, and we ask you, come and reign. Come and reign over Red points. Come and reign over every heart. Come and reign over our marriages. Come and reign over our families, Lord. We ask you as we look to you, the true Prince of Peace, the peace child that's offered to us. In your mighty name we pray, amen.